On this week's Third and Forever, Kevin and I discuss a week four, and it, uh, it was better than a, every other week before, but then we go into <laughs> our, our regular segments. The new pinnacle. Week, Nathan Peterman Award, stock up, stock down, and we preview week five. We end things as always with our two-minute drill. All right, let's go. Today's episode of the Third and Forever Football Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Oz, joined as always by my co-host, Kevin Ohm. Kevin, how are you? Well, um, I, I just I feel like I need to correct you there. There's at least one man out there whose name may or may not be Bill, who uh, this last week was not the best week so far for him. <laughs> and I just want to know if you're happy about what you've done. I, I don't know how I should feel about it. Like, does it mean that, like, it wasn't it wasn't the trading away a franchise piece, a generational talent at receiver, the the constant like trades and whatnot you're making of like getting older receivers to fill the void. Well, the the um, the playoff losing collapse, in the playoffs like the last eight years in a row, colla- collapsing in the playoffs, <clears throat> it very underachieving. But no, it was losing to the 0-3 Vikings is what was the final straw for butt-chin Bill O'Brien. I, uh, I, I think that it was more the straw that broke the Campbell's back, you know. Like, I, I just... I think it would have been any team. It wasn't like us, but it was any team that beat them to make well, them 0-3. Well, and it was, it was two 0-3 teams, so it's like, you know, it, if you're going to get a win, if he was going to get a win, you know, it's probably going to be there. To, that, to be fair, to be fair, like we were probably like the most talented zero and three that he could have yeah, played. Yeah, no, but other options. But it sure. wasn't like he went out and lost to like we probably you know, should have been a one team that's rolling. Yeah, we should have been one and two going into this game. But but, like, but also that score, that that final score, a point difference, well, doesn't really do it uh, justice. It no, was more not. than that, that and so it was a comeback in garbage points. time. Yeah, it was so much more than eight. And then there's obviously an ejection that happened in there that caused that allowed them to score like both their touchdowns happened because of like Harrison not being in there mm-hmm. like it would like George Iloka just not being on the team long enough to really realize what's going on but we'll we'll get into it obviously we're meaning that Bill O'Brien was fired the first head coach 2020 was fired first GM um, too yeah of course because he was their their head coach and they, GM. they only said that the head coach and the GM Bill O'Brien were fired. So I think he's yeah, still the play offensive play, coordinator. Play, yeah. Play caller. Uh, <laughs> or not, he's not even a full time. He's, he's going to be involved in the play calling. Two, more. two of his three keys to the facility no longer work, but that third one. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Bill O'Brien, which by the way, I was looking up his like stats and stuff like that. Do you know, he's only 50 years old. Like, I, I guess that works. I don't I, know. I never really thought to myself. Like, shit, like I don't like, know. How old is Bill O'Brien? Like, I don't like, know. That's young for a coach. Like, yeah. for, a head, for as long as he's He'll, been their head coach. He's got to land somewhere else. Not this year, not next year probably, but. I mean, that means he was 44 when he got that job. So, yeah, like, that's, I, well, that's pretty I mean, impressive. he was, you know, he, he he was one of those guys where, you know, the, the Belichick coaching tree. And, I mean, how old is Matt Patricia? Like, he can't be that old. Yeah, I don't know. It's hard to tell with the beard. 
Like, I Let's feel like see. that covers up, like, all He's, of his yeah, face. Yeah, Matt like, Patricia's 46. Yeah, that's, that's crazy to me, too. Yeah, so... I, don't, I guess they're not that old. I'm... I, I don't know, like... My head, like Zimmer's, Zimmer's fairly old. Like he's like sixty or something, but he's been the oh, he's we, been we, in the NFL or coaching himself like four. Yeah, and Have people you... also ask Mike Zimmer's girlfriend's age. Uh, yeah, I <laughs> cannot find girlfriend? it. Um, but I assume it's less than sixty-four. Uh, his girlfriend's a total smoke. <laughs> it's, it's, no, it's, it's insane. Have you seen her? You I I am yourself? now. I am. <laughs> What is happening? Okay. She should be called Mike Zimmer's second wife. That's that's more accurate because I, I or at least I think I don't know. I'm just going off of Google images, but I don't know. I'm sure. Yeah. I, I, I I'm sure that there's there's a lot of love there, and I I, I wish them the best. <laughs> yeah. Um. Or oh no, so, I guess yeah, she's just girlfriend, not wife. So never mind. That doesn't make correct. Sense. Yeah, his 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 wife of like thirty years or or so passed away like a decade ago when he was still with the Bengals. But um, so Bill O'Brien was fired. He was fifty two and forty eight. Um, him and Zimmer actually coached their hundredth game. It was on Sunday. Uh, at the same time, win percentage is a little different. Uh, he, Bill O'Brien went two and four in the playoffs. He had four AFC South titles. Obviously, never getting past the divisional round. Um, I, I mean, I, I get, I get the firing. I just don't think he should probably have been first. But no, but I saw it coming for sure. I, I, I think this is a good move for them in general. And anytime you have one of these mid-season, I mean, this is pretty early in the season, honestly. But anytime yeah. you you have a firing, it doesn't occur after the season's over, you're going to get people popping out of the woodwork going, oh, it's not classic. Shut up. Be good at your job. You won't get fired. Like, I I just, I have such little sympathy, especially for a guy like him. You know, it's like if the Jets keep firing people after one year or whatever, or, you know, situations like that, it makes more sense. But, I mean, he had, he he dug his own grave, and and, and it's done now, and he's in it. (laughs) It's it's completely his fault. Yeah, um... But obviously, we'll we'll just stick, stick talking to Vikings Texans. Uh, did you catch? Did you watch this game since you guys didn't play till I, Monday? I watched like I was watching Red Zone during the noon games, so I okay. saw parts of this game, and I think I saw kind of a a good chunk of the the comeback attempt, yeah. which you know looked like you know your typical garbage time dink and dunk. You know, it, it it looks like it's going to be something and it's nothing. And there was yeah. that play at the very end, and I think they made the right call on that uh, touchdown catch review. He definitely yep. didn't have it. I could have seen it standing in theory, not being yeah, confirmed. I was, ner- I was but... nervous when it was called a catch on the field. Mm-hmm. That always makes me nervous. But I, I just think, like, it – I mean, you obviously lost control of it, and it touched the ground, and he used the ground to – regain possession of it like yeah i mean it makes it, it i'm it was not like a that was a catch that was it, just not if i if i were the official there i, I would have made the same call so yeah. yeah i can't get too mad at that no. i have less of a problem with the ejection than you do i don't know if it warranted an ejection but it was definitely a very it, dangerous it was definitely play a flag. Oh, it, it was definitely a penalty did not warrant like, how quickly the ejection came from new york because 
I was listening to um, I was listening to the radio this week, and it was like the Fox. It was like a Fox Sports show, or no, ESPN show. They had uh, Dean Blandino, uh, the Fox analyst, rules analyst. He was on, and he was kind of talking about it. And one of the guys, I think it was Brady Quinn's show. I can't remember who his co-host is, but the guy was kind of asking about going through various rule ruling questions he had throughout the week, which we'll get to a couple of them, but. Mm-hmm. Um, he asked Blandino being like, did that really warrant an ejection? And, you know, it's hard to, to tell because Blandino still works with the NFL officials. Mm-hmm. So he's never going to be like, that was the wrong he, call. He's he, never going to completely drag yeah. him. But and asked, the guy actually did say, like, does a player's and I was I was literally yelling at the radio while driving for this. He was like, does a player's like prior history go into a, an account? Because if so, I get the ejection. It's like Harrison Smith is I don't know why people think that he's a dirty player. He's not. He's one of the most technically sound tacklers. See, now, now, now he, like, here's here's where I am going to offer up a take and actually side with you. You know that if a Vikings player is, you know, on that on that line, one of those guys that's, you know, like a like a Clay Matthews or an Anthony Barr or somebody with that like reputation, that the they kind of deserves it. I don't think Harrison Smith is in that category. No. Absolutely. I think if he does that twice in one game, maybe you yank him. I, you know, I, if he had a history of doing stuff like that, if he was out here but, being Adam Pacman Jones on people, but right. I actually have little to no issue with Harrison Smith, yeah, which is pretty the problem, shocking. The problem, right? The problem <laughs> I have with the call is you could see it in slow mo. First of all, it's a bang bang play where it's like. There's nothing you can really do as a defender in that situation. Like there's certain rules, like there, there, there's many rules in the NFL where it clearly adva- it's more advantageous for the offensive player. And but defensively, you're kind of like, well, all right, kind of have to do what you can. You can see him make the concerted effort to lower himself to get away from the guy's helmet level. But then it's like the tight end lowers himself too. It's like, well, you can't really do much. I get it's also why there was one of those plays that looks worse in slow motion. Oh, so as soon as you start analyzing yeah. it, it's because like what is he supposed know, to do? It's, like it's let Schrodinger's him penalty. Let him catch the ball, come <clears> down, and start to move up field. Like no, he's he's gonna try to tackle the guy right because like it wasn't like he was there early. It just happened, or it just it was an un, unavoidable is what I want to say, and like. Mm. I get it. I get there's a flag. That's the NFL we're in. Five, ten years ago, that's not a penalty. It's definitely not an ejection. And I I just think it was just so quick to eject it. And it almost I mean, like, say what you want. We were up thirty one to sixteen. I don't care if you lose one guy, but Harrison Smith's probably the worst player in that to well, lose in, for in our a defense that's already very young and pretty exactly. depleted. Exactly. Where you have to throw in a guy, George Iloka, who, yes, he has familiarity. He was on our team, I think, for like a hot minute last year. But he was also with Zimmer for many years in Cincinnati. But he hasn't been there. I mean, we just signed him from the practice squad like last week. You know, like so he's been with the team for less than a week. And it's like you throw him in there. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of like the two touchdowns they had. It was coverage mishaps by him. And like that, that's what happens. Like that's how important certain players are like it, it was Harrison's probably the worst player for that to happen to. And it's like that it's, I'm glad there's going to be no suspensions because if we didn't have him this upcoming week in Seattle, I'd be, I'm more terrified. Oh yeah. That would be bad. Like, I mean, it, like I am, I'm happy. The way I, I see this game 
is another it's back to back weeks of the offense playing well. And it's it's also seeing improvements as the, I think I've seen improvements from the defense as each week has gone on. While we're still yes one and three, I could argue we probably should be two and two if not for you know some defensive meltdowns here and there, like a, a one or two bad plays in the Tennessee game. But we already talked about that. Mm-hmm. But in this one, I mean they they came out in this game hungry. Like you could see it early on. Like Deshaun looked bad. Well, well, and that's the other thing is, you know, looking at the box score, you know, I can't speak a ton to the actual game because I didn't sit down and watch the whole thing. But you look at, you know, first quarter, seven, nothing at the end of the second, it's 17 to six, which plays into that kind of like the, the scheme for the Vikings, which is run the ball with Delvin Cook. Yeah. And kind of, you know, let that carry the offense. Because like I said before, when you guys go down early, you're not built for a comeback. So things just, you know, problems mount on each other. And well, it's it just hard when, when you worse. go down early. Like, we, it takes away, like, Dalvin <clears throat> is, Dalvin's the engine of our offense. Yeah. You know, and so when you when we go down early, a couple scores, it's hard because you can't really, like, no team is going to be able to, like, you can't just be like, well, I'm just going to run it, you know, every, like, half the time. You can't really do that. So it, it essentially takes him out of the game plan, and and that's tough because. But it's now looking, you know, I what I liked what I saw this week was actually using play action. I think I saw a stat where it was, um, I think Kirk was eleven of thirteen on play action passes for one hundred and fourteen yards, and I think two touchdowns. I think both of his touchdowns came on play action, or it was one touchdown did. Yeah, he only has one, but yeah. Yeah, and so he. Like that's what he was so successful at last year, and it was so mind-boggling why we never we only had I think in the first three weeks combined he was only like eight of fourteen or eight of sixteen like he just just no play action plays and it's weird because like Dalvin's averaging you know over five six yards a carry I think this year alone so it's like it's a huge threat every single time he's in the backfield. So I, that's why it's like, why are we not doing play action more often? Like it works, but it works. I'm interested to see what happens to some that stands out to me. Looking at the receiving line from this game on the Vikings side, Thielen at eight for one fourteen and a score. Jefferson four for one oh three, and then Rudolph and Cook both had two catches, and that's it. Which is well, yeah. I mean, we only threw twenty two times. We didn't yeah. need. That's the thing. We didn't need to throw, and that that's. That's where it is. Like we were getting chunk plays when the times that we did throw. I mean, we were averaging nine point nine per pass. So, and you know, you don't need to do much when you're getting two hundred forty-eight passing or two hundred sixty passing yards on sixteen completions. You don't need to do that. You don't need to throw it a bunch. So it's yeah, like, I'm just I'm curious because the Seahawks secondary is real bad this year. Yeah, and, and they're not so, going to Jamal Adams. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's going to be another. It, I, I'm. We'll get into it when we preview Week Five, but like it, it's probably going to be pretty high scoring, I imagine. You smash um, that over. Yeah, and so this game, the the two telling things for me that we didn't really see, especially in Weeks One and Two for the defense, and a little bit we saw last week, but is third down. They were three of twelve, and they were zero and three in the red zone. That that's something that we didn't get, and we got three sacks. I mean, we got pressure on Deshaun. Granted, I think Deshaun mm-hmm. is also a type of rece- running quarterback that he kind of invites pressure a little bit. He's kind of like Russell in that way, 
where he kind of waits a little long and then he he's really good at escaping pressure, but I think he puts himself in situations that like he didn't he's, need he's to jittery. do that. Yeah, you know, like so, he, he just he he gets a little nervous back there because it's yeah. worked for him in the past. But I do want to say, um, this is not you, but like this is just to screaming into the void when we drafted Justin Jefferson. And I actually know I think you did make a comment on that where maybe it's because you were misinformed or I don't know. Was it the um, slot comment? Is that what you're yeah. saying? Justin Jefferson is a starter. He's had 14 snaps lined up in the slot, 88 out wide. Well, I, I, I like the information I was going off of was what he did in college, which was yeah. almost all slot. That's all I was saying. I didn't. Yeah. I wasn't so saying he like, can't play outside. It, it's nice. It's nice to see. Like, and I'm not. I'm not getting ahead of myself with him, but it is really nice that like he's literally had in, in essentially two games because the first two weeks, week one especially, he had like two catches. Week I think, or maybe one catch, or, and week two he had like two or three. But the last two weeks, obviously, he's had over 100 yards each game, um, almost, I think, almost uh, 300 yards total in those two. He is four, has the fourth most receiving yards by a uh, NFL rookie, which is in, in, through four through four weeks. So it's like that's I'm, I'm I'm happy after our last first round receiver was Laquan Treadwell. Like he's already like I think passed his rookie Vikings stats. Legend Laquan. He's almost he he's almost passed his, his, his career stats in four weeks. So like <laughs> I'm I'm thrilled about it and like I'm loving that he has like you can see Kirk is building that trust and that chemistry to throw to him in not only rely on Thielen for third down or high pressure situations, which Thielen will deliver, but it's like it's it's hard for him to do that when defenses are expecting only him. Now having other options or another option. It takes the weight off so much. And well, it's, it's also, just, it's, like, I mean, if, if you rely on Thielen too much, he's going to catch it. But every time he catches it, he has to shove his face mask in the, the defender's face mask after the play is over. And it's like, that's that's COVID. That, I mean, you're going to wear out the face mask eventually. That's an expense you got to factor into your whole you know football club. It's just, it's not good to, to force feed him too much, you know? Right. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I just, also, every time the red zone went over there, it was Thielen John at somebody. And I was like, I, I, I don't know who am I to talk, I guess, but I mean, his, his catch that he hit his touchdown, literally he was, the guy was grabbing him the entire way and he still won. So it's mm-hmm. like that. I mean, that's every, like receivers are going to do that against DBs if they grab him, especially Adam like, Thielen is the only receiver I've ever seen talk shit after a play. So, Oh really? Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so uh, I also want to, a fun little fact I'm not very thrilled about, but it's like this has been my life. Opposing Vikings kickers this year are 15 of 15 on field goals and 10 of 10 on extra points this season, including four of four on field goals of 50 plus yards. Like that's that's impressive. That's why you I don't just, play in a dome. I just Other teams kickers. I just don't understand. Look, we're not. We haven't had four straight home games. Like, <laughs> yeah, but you played the Texans this week, and that was in Houston, which is a dome. It's like you're, you you're already like, like you're ensuring that more than fifty percent are in a dome. Whereas if you don't have a dome, you're ensuring that less than fifty percent are in a dome. So, what happened when your didn't Mason Crosby miss a bunch in a dome against the Lions a couple years ago? Yeah, like, and, and and we and we let him go the next day, and he went to the Raiders. Oh wait, no, never mind. We stuck with him, and he's awesome again. 
We went from a rookie in his, sec- <laughs> in his first game, no, his second game ever, compared to a guy that's been on your team since you were born. So, <laughs> so fuck yeah, off. We, we did not cut the franchise leading scorer, Mason Crosby. <laughs> Congrats. <laughs> um, but also, like, you know, I'm happy with how the offense has played. The defense, again, making strides. Dalvin Cook is uh, most rushing yards through first four weeks of the season since 2015. He has. He's third on that list. Um, Are you concerned that you won't get Trevor Lawrence now? Dude, we were never going to get him. You're not going (laughs) to out-suck. That was such a stupid take. That's so dumb. Even if you you were in that position, would you? Because, like, Kirk is still – I guess, oh, he could get cut after this season. We haven't out this offseason. But still, Um, like, I don't know. No, it's like that's the dumbest thing in the world. Like, we were never going to – like, Justin Fields and Trey Lance, possibly, or before – I just don't like we're too talented of a team to lose like or to to win only like three games. So it's like I with the because especially after, you know, we get through Seattle, then Atlanta should be fairly fine, especially with Julio being banged up the way he is. I have a good authority that Atlanta's defense is really, really bad. We'll get there. (laughs) Um, But then we have you guys after we play you guys the second time. Our schedule lightens up a lot. Uh, you so have the like, juggernaut of the Chicago Bears twice. And, yeah, and the Lions twice. And I think we get to play, like, the Jags in there. Uh, you know, like, it's just it, – it, with, like, the hardest team, I think, from that point on, it's, like, the Bucks and the Saints. So it's, like, other than that, I mean, it, it lightens up after these next couple weeks here. But, mm. um, yeah, I mean, I, finally get a win. Um, so the panic button is back far, far from yeah, your line I, of vision. Now. I, you know, it was okay. nice to see us to close out a game and to play well, you know, and I, I can't really have any faults about it. I mean, there were certain things like I liked the creativity that I saw and the aggressiveness from Kubiak, which is nice. Um, again, defense is slowly but surely making strides, no turnovers. That's a big thing, you know? I specifically told Mike Zimmer not to change anything last week, and I can't help but feel a little disrespected by the obvious changes. I do want to say Yannick Ngakwe has four sacks in four weeks, and that's not even without Daniel Hunter on the other side. Like, I just can't wait. Like, he's the only guy getting pressures, and, like, I I just can't wait until Daniel's back, and then we have that. When is he going to be back? Uh, probably in a couple weeks. I mean, he's now officially eligible to come back any week. It's just a matter of... He was in the IR, wasn't he? Uh, yeah, but that, yeah. that extended after week four, after, ends after week four, you can come off. But, mm. I don't know. Um, all right, let's, let's go, let's move on. Um, let's talk, let's talk about yours. Uh, the Falcons are bad. Falcons are bad. So, the Falcons, it cannot be overstated how much of a disaster the Falcons defense is on a very like fundamental level. Like they didn't get a lot of pressure throughout the game, which I mean, no one's gotten that much pressure on Rogers so far this season. I think the offensive line has been doing a decent job, but so, so that's the first level. Not great. there. decent stopping the run actually surprisingly. Yeah. Um, but then their linebackers and their secondary, their secondary 
is so bad. I, Granted, I did you see the Aaron Jones touchdown where both, no one guarded him? Both of their safeties are out. Yeah. So they're they're backup safeties, but still, yeah, they're they're bad. There there was the one play where someone ran a slant and Jones went out to the flat, and both of the guys were stacked up and went with the slant. And Jones was, I, I mean, it you know, it there looks several, like a college there several play. times like that. Like yeah. That happened a bunch, like on like fourth, like that fourth down, or I think where Scantling, I think it was, or he did like a, he did like an in and then out route, and he was by himself mm-hmm. by like a mile. Yeah, and it was only like fourth and five or fourth and three. And, and that's Scantling, you know, not one of the premier route runners in no. the NFL. No, I mean Robert Tanyan got tackled by a linebacker, did a somersault, got back up and caught a touchdown because yeah. no one was around. Like it, they're bad. It was baffling and. This was the first time in a game where I haven't really been that nervous because I'm looking at it, I'm like, even if they score, we'll just score again. Like, and I always, you know, I'm hesitant always to kind of approach things in that way because, you know, I've been hurt before, but it was, it was good. And, you know, you could say, oh yeah, the Falcons defense sucks. And you're not wrong about that. Having said that, Packers were down their one and two wide receiver and didn't, miss a beat really which was really nice they're one two wide receiver one of their tight ends who's used a lot at least in you know run blocking I mean I was a little concerned at how they would perform and how they would kind of work around that and it didn't seem to be an issue even like a teeny tiny little bit do just a question do the Packers have anyone on their schedule that actually has a good defense because because like, they've literally played, I just look, I'm looking at currently, they played the 24th, the 25th, the 29th, and the 31st worst defenses so far. So after this, we have Bucks, who are kind of a sneaky good defense, honestly. They have a good run defense. They've had yep. a good run defense, yeah. Uh, Texans, no. Vikings, no. <clears throat> uh, Niners, I'd say yeah. Yeah, they're bang. I mean, it's, not, it's, it's you have to take it with a grain of salt because like they're Niners, up, I feel like yeah. they're like their B team going out there. But then uh, Jags, no. Colts, yes. Bears, yes. Eagles, Lions, Panthers, no. Titans, kind of. Bears, yes. So I mean, it definitely picks up a little bit towards the second half of the season. Okay. I'd say that the Saints are a decent defense. I mean, they're they're the twenty fourth. They've the been 20- a lot worse. They've been a lot worse than they've been were supposed to be. I think that's what it is. Like they've been a big letdown. But but who on the other side, like the Saints have played the Bucks, the Raiders, the Packers, and the Lions, four teams that are pretty good. I don't, those rankings You say the Lions the season, are pretty good? The Lions have a decent offense if they actually get clicking. That's a big if. Yeah, I mean their defense is just terrible, but you know. Which is weird because they have a defensive head coach. <laughs> not for long they won't yeah. but yeah so i mean all things considered you know very happy uh rogers on record saying he didn't yell hard count during his hard count where he got them i choose to ignore that statement uh that's he definitely yelled hard count and got them to jump off sides which is extra funny yeah and uh yeah falcons complete dumpster fire we were texting about it during the game uh matt ryan I I would I would move on. He is he like literally. I said this. Yeah, guy. I texted you this. Like he's he's like a dollar store or 
a poor man's Peyton Manning. Like it just feels like you know who would be electric in Atlanta next season? Who? Trevor Lawrence. Oh, I mean, yeah. Going to Calvin Ridley. Yeah, and Julio's still there. <laughs> oh, Julio, yeah, he'll he'll be in the building somewhere stretching. But um, actually, I mean, Julio had a couple catches. It looked pretty good until he had to leave because they brought him back oh, too yeah. early. Julio, Julio looked good to start. It was just like his hamstring from last week is just mm-hmm. gonna reaggravate, and that's a lingering thing. Like they just gotta sit him, man. Just let yeah. him rest. So, sit him for sit him for two full weeks starting now. Mm-hmm. That'd be nice. So the uh, Packers four and zero going into the bye week. I was a little bit annoyed at a week five bye week, but yes, she. Goddamn, Rodgers stubbed his toe. We have Kenny Clark out. We have Devontae out. We have Lazard out. He won't come back. But was still. it a stubbed toe? That looked like a that looked like a little bit of a hyperextension on the knee. It was a it was a stubbed toe followed by a hyperextension on the opposite knee of the next step, and then he ran for twelve yards on the very next drive. And I think he's fine. Okay, it's not it's not an NFL season unless Rodgers tweaks and. A leg or a knee. Yeah, that and it was it was not a great look at play there either. He he got no. he got a little bamboozled. But yeah. uh, we actually have a fair number of dudes that are out right now, and so I I'm perfectly fine, happy with a bye week right now. We'll it's really can, it, another it is, one at some point really in the season timing. when the the whole NFL goes on a hiatus because everyone has COVID, which we'll get to later. But yeah, but it's, yeah, it's could really be good happier. timing that the uh, that again you guys. The time that you have, like Devonte and Lazard, and these people that are out, that you are playing teams that are terrible at defense. So it's like you haven't needed them essentially. Like it obviously would be nice to have them, and you did have like Devonte played obviously week one. He caught like a bajillion footballs. Oh yeah, he went off but, week one. Um, but he hasn't been there the last, uh, I think three games. Did he play week two? He didn't. He suited up week two, but he, he may have caught like played. two balls. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, he's definitely been out for two straight games, full full time. So like, it, but you haven't needed it. No. So and so yeah, I mean, like I said, couldn't be happier. Matt Lafleur, seventeen and three so far in his career. That's that's nothing to uh, something to get upset about. Again, it is. It was nice that you had a. It's more impressive, I think, this year. Well, at least so far. I mean, the NFL's been weird. I think the defense has been really lacking, except for the exception of maybe like two or three teams. But because um, you had, I think his first year, you guys had a third place schedule, right? Yes, because that was then the year McCarthy, before. and we sucked. Right? Yeah, last you were, year of McCarthy. You were third. You weren't. Yeah, you didn't get. You didn't get fourth. We didn't you get last, but we. Last. I don't think. Did, did we have like a nine and seven or no? I think we did worse than. I think we were like, like seven, seven and six and one. Then oh we yeah, tied we tied. yeah, we had a tie. Because we went or eight seven, seven we went seven eight and one or so. I don't remember my yeah. numbers aren't adding up. Um, but yeah. All right, let's before we get on to the Sunday, I just want to talk briefly. Um, the the Browns Cowboys game. Um, the Anna's. <laughs> I see. I I watched Red Zone, which means I was just watching this game mostly. <laughs> um, holy shit. Cleveland, 24, uh, 34-0 run, I guess, through the second and third quarter. And then Dallas furiously trying to rally it's back in the three fourth. three touchdowns and three two-point conversions converted. Like, that's insane. That's insane. And it's just, I, I don't really know. I mean, the Cowboys' defense is bad, but this keeps happening to them. 
the Cowboys are like an actual, they're like an actual fantasy football team. Yeah. Like, there's no defense. It's just scoring. That's all it is. Jerry Jones manages them like a fantasy football team. I want this weapon and this weapon, and I'll just stream defense. You're like, Jerry, that's not how it works in real football. Um, Jarvis Landry throwing a touchdown to Odell. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, o- Odell had a had a pretty good game. Uh, nice to see that back. I don't uh, know. Nick Nick Chubb getting hurt. That's that's a that, bummer. That's a big blow. But like, if any team that's gonna have that happen to, like the Browns are so deep. Like, I mean, their next guy. Oh, it's Kareem Hunt. Like, their next okay. guy's Kareem Hunt, and their guy behind him, Ernest Johnson, thirteen for ninety five. Like, yeah, that's fine. He's yeah. averaging seven point three carry. I love this stat. Odell two for seventy three, thirty six and a half per carry. <laughs> yeah, I know. Because it was like a fifty yard. It was like a fifty yard run. Yeah, it was like a fifty yard touchdown on a reverse. It should have been like a twenty yard loss. Yeah, he ran like a total of like eighty five yards on that run, at least. <laughs> like it's just, it was wild. Um, so all right, Odell wanna... is still is still a freak. That's what we should get out yeah. of that. Yeah, he's he's still very good at football. And, uh, uh, on the other side, also, I just want to throw out C.D. Lamb, two touchdowns. Yeah, he looks good. Yeah, he he definitely looks. He's, the he's part. sneaking into the number two on that offense. Michael Gallup. Yeah, so Gallup is. Yeah, C.D. is definitely probably taking over. I mean, it's clear that Amari is is it, Dak's guy. It seems like kind of across the league, rookie wide receivers are stepping into more prominent roles in the last week or two. You got Jefferson, you got mm-hmm. CeeDee Lamb, you have T. Higgins. I mean, there's, you know, three or four guys now that are kind of starting to be like, okay, I'm better than, you know, that number two guy that I yeah. was playing behind before. Yeah, right now, I didn't say this when we were talking about the Vikings, but Adam Thielen's currently the number two rated receiver by PFF. Uh, number one's Justin Jefferson. So that's go. pretty cool. <laughs> so yeah, it's like, all right, training wheels are off. Like just he needs to be on the field like at all times. Like he's just rookie. Well, what rest- about BC Johnson's feelings? I don't know why that was ever. I don't know why. Like he was, he was, a, you know, very surprising for a seventh round pick last year, but like he is so not like, it's not even close to how much more talented Jefferson is than he is. Adam, like, BC Johnson that- didn't get a D one scholarship. <laughs> it's true. I, I don't know if that's true. Or not. Yeah, well, he went to Colorado State, so he might. He probably got a scholarship there. I don't know. They're D one, so they're D one. Okay. Well, but, then never mind. I want nothing to do with him. <laughs> bad D one, but a Justin D1. Jefferson didn't get a D one scholarship. He, he, he did. No, you don't know that. <laughs> you also have him to thank for the gritty dance. That, yeah, that's that the NFL does. That's something. Yeah, his 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 teammate from high school actually created that for him, and then now he he brought that to LSU, and then he brought it to the NFL, and obviously now everyone's doing it. Adam Thielen doing the gritty last week was hysterical. I, I did it's see like, that. The whitest looking dude. Yeah. It's like oh, I didn't want to say it. I'm glad you said it. Never never change, Adam. Never change. <laughs> but they're having fun. I like it. It's it's nice. Um. All right, let's go to Sunday. Or I guess it was supposed to be the Sunday afternoon game. Move to the first Monday night game. Uh, that is the Chiefs Patriots. Um, the Patriots need Cam Newton. So oh. the Patriots this this season. I, I you know I was I was musing about doing the chicken or the egg with Belichick Brady. I think the answer might be 
C, all of the above. Like, they're just not as good when they're not together. And I know Bray had a good week. We might talk about that at some point. But, you know, it just seems like the the brain trust there worked really well. But when he has to try and download his plans into a a Hoyer. Yeah, I mean... Oof. I mean, it was it was Brian Hoyer and Jarrett Stidham, like, and he's not he's not an offensive guy, so he no. that's on his job, you know. Belichick was a defensive guy. I mean, so. I mean Hoyer, Hoyer was Hoyer funny was to watch. I don't know what he was thinking. like. I have never seen his someone was like acting broken. like there wasn't a pass rush. No, like Hoyer, like he, it it, it wasn't cool in the pocket because he didn't acknowledge that they were rushing him. He just didn't seem to notice. Yeah, it's real he just, bad. He just didn't like. I don't know what he was thinking. Like that, the both both the picks. I mean, all three of them that the Patriots threw were bad. They were I mean, real bad. I mean, the Hoyer one was like it was air mailed, mm-hmm. and Stidham, you know, either he was underthrown or overthrown. Like he didn't. He was like, I want to do one of each. And it's the like, fact that they were trying to make it a story in the offseason, like, oh, is it going to be Stidham or Cam? <laughs> I, I never bought that, I would like, on the record, but it's even more ridiculous now that we've seen it. Well, I was I was confused. So when I first saw the game, I was like, Hoyer got the start? I'm like, like what, what are you doing? Like, why are you not – why is Stidham not the guy? Like, he was like – questioned about being the number one he was going to be your starting quarterback before cam got there and even when he got there there were some questions about it why is he not getting start and then i saw stidham play and i was like oh okay i get it (laughs) they're both bad (laughs) so i just i don't know i i feel like before stidham started throwing picks like crazy granted he did throw technically a third that got called off but it i don't know it they they were no threat on offense. They, they were a mess. Their defense performed surprisingly well and kind of kept the lid they, on the Chiefs. The Patriots, will, I think, will always, like, I mean, not always, but in this, their core they have, like, they play uh, Patrick Mahomes better than anyone. I mean, like, mm-hmm. they, or just, and I think it's just Belichick. Like, he, with the exception of Kelsey's long 45-yard, two, two catches for 35 yards, you know, on, uh, like six targets like that's that's totally fine yeah well and the, so the, the the defense did look good i was just struck though the whole time or i was watching this game and i was like the chiefs are a team where you never feel safe no even when you're containing them because no. you know it's like you know it's it's like uh, it's like a zombie in a movie where it's yeah. just like if it gets out we're all fucked you know yes, it's just it like will score on you <laughs> You just like imagine if we, when. If we make one that's, mistake, if we drop yeah. a paper clip in the cell, and, they'll pick the handcuffs and, and kill us. And that's what I was saying like two yeah. weeks ago when or wait, was it last week even? I think it was last week when when the Chiefs were playing the Chargers. And I was like, like, you can't punt thinking that you're gonna make a stop. Even if you've stopped him, you've contained Mahomes. Mm-hmm. Expect the worst. Like, like he's there, going to just, score with every offense in the NFL. There's like a percentage chance that on any play, any given play, they'll break off, you know, some crazy score. Yeah. And with the Chiefs, that's like 10 percent higher than the league median. You know, like, like as long as Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes mm-hmm. are on the Chiefs, they will always put up points no matter who. Like, and, and, Andy Reid, Kelsey or a Hill. They're really going to be those guys. 
Yeah, and Andy Reid really looks like concerned, even when it's like not going super hot. You know, oh, like, yeah. like against Houston, they're down twenty four nothing, and like him and Mahomes, they never really. I've never seen them like get mad or get no. even like visibly worried. They're just like, yeah, like, don't worry, like long game. The, the mic'd up, the mic'd up uh, game. I think Mahomes was mic'd up during that. Or the NFL films mm-hmm. of the Chiefs Texans game, like you uh-huh. can tell, and like even in the Super Bowl, like like he. There's something about it where he just says, like, he's, you know, he makes a mistake, throws an interception, like, when he threw an interception in the Super Bowl, where he was just like, he's like, that's on me, but, like, we're we're going, next time we get the ball, we're going and scoring. Like, we're, you know, he has, There's like, a confidence about yeah, it. Yeah, he has that kind of confidence where he knows, he's like, I'm going to put up points. Like, I'm going to score touchdowns. Like, if I mess up, like, that's on me. You keep doing your job, and we'll win. Because, like, I'll, I'm going to come around where, like, I will get it done. Mm-hmm. And like that's so like that's what you need in your quarterback and like that's why like I I have no problem fanboying over Mahomes and the Chiefs I've I've been very forward about it the last well, two they're, years they're quite excellent and I'm so, personally like, just, just glad that the Patriots it. are I mean the Patriots aren't you know dead and they didn't have Cam and all that stuff but they are clearly not even I'd say you know top two or three teams to beat in the AFC anymore no I I think the number one threat to the Chiefs in the AFC is the Bills like I yeah. I. Like I, what the, was after seeing what they did to the Ravens and like, like after they what they've done to them in the last couple of years, I just don't. I I think the Bills are well, probably the best the, shot. The main threat to the Chiefs winning a Super Bowl this year is COVID nineteen. That is the only yeah. thing that could stop. It. No, I I think they're I think they're far and away the best team in the NFL. Um, I, even in this game they looked bad. They still won by sixteen. Like, mm-hmm. you know it. I just, it's hard. Like I look at their schedule, I'm like, I don't see them losing. Like that's that's ridiculous because they're gonna lose. They'll probably win 14 games, probably. Yeah. And like I, but I, I, it, like, there, there will it, be a shocker in there yeah. somewhere. Yeah, but... it'll be a dud, a weird game because that's gonna happen. You know. Yeah. I just it's Chargers so part two. You know, maybe they go down in New Orleans and something. You know, who knows? But right. you know, barring any sort of catastrophic injury, we'll probably you know, lose uncontrollables. The, like, the Raiders or the Broncos or the Chargers, like one of their division teams, mm-hmm. just because it's hard to go six zero in your division. It just is. Um, it's a, is it? That's not. That's not what I've heard. One literally, <laughs> we're gonna have one year of you going six zero. You're gonna be real cocky about it. What about the last? Couple of years. Huh? Hey, hey, hey! No, yeah, one, that's one and a third years so far. So, okay. Um. All right. Uh, I didn't really have anything other games we get other than segments. So we'll, if you had other ones, we can talk about it in segments. I'm guessing. Yeah, I don't have anything uh, right. huge except uh, my boy, my boy Joey B got his first win. Yeah, yeah. Congrats, which, Joe Burrow. Which was good. Over Joe over the Jaguars, a little, little bit of an asterisk, but yeah, fuck still. it, whatever. It's an NFL win. Yeah. Um. All right. Let's go to performance of the week. Uh, Kevin, why don't you start? Who's your performance of the week? All right. My performance of the week. So, I, I know that we've talked about this, and and I've been a little obnoxious about it, but my performance of the week is uh, Big Bobby T, Robert Tanyan, the Green Bay Packers. Get three touchdowns. I'm not trying to say that this level of production will be sustained, but yeah. six for 98, three touchdowns. I mean, I don't have it in front of me, but I would wager he's rostered in about 1% of fantasy football leagues. I mean, probably not is, now. <laughs> and, he's, and he's best friends with uh, George Kittle. So, you know, maybe maybe Ooh. they're the Ooh. same person. Greg, Greg Kittle. Greg Kittle, that's yeah. what I thought. 
So, I mean, I don't know. It was just fun to watch. And I, it's, I sound like I'm full of shit after the fact. I almost picked him up in case, like, in the event Ridley wasn't going to be good to go and I have him in fantasy football, I was choosing between him and Jamal Williams, who also would have been a decent, uh, snatch based on his performance. But, uh, Robert Tanyan, I mean, just, just an electric game. Probably the, the, you know, the high point in his career for the rest of it. But it was, it was fun to watch. And it's fun to see guys like that that nobody expected to do it. And, you know, the, the announcers are frantically looking up their name as they catch, you know, their second touchdown. And it was, it was a Well, moment. they even messed up. I think I was his third. They even messed up instead of well, different First guy. of all, I, I don't know who was announcing this game. They, they fumbled Marquez Valdez was, Scantling uh, like Dan, eight times. I think it was like Steve Steve Levy, and um, he's like usually a college or like a he's like a mm-hmm. ESPN anchor or whatever. They, they, the the production value he well, called Zadarius have... Smith Kevin King more than once. Yeah, I mean, Redick was one of the guys they had. Yeah, it it whoever it was they they were not prepared, but. They needed to have um I I like Lewis Reddick, but I don't know. I they I I, I didn't hate the analysis. I was like, Fowler. How do you not know the guy's names? Like if you don't have Marquez's name down when he's the number one receiver this week, like what did you do to prepare for this? Yeah, but uh Robert Tanyan is currently rostered according to NFL. Um he is rostered in forty five point one fantasy leagues with a thirty seven point three percent change in this week. Yeah. So so eight percent Less than eight. Take. Yeah. Less than eight before this week. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and if someone hadn't picked up an R league, you bet your ass I would have taken him. I, I just, you know, you know how I feel about Packers tight ends and. Well, and the thing is though, I don't, I don't think he's a smart move. Cause I, I think he'll be involved, but I don't think he'll ever get close to this again because Devontae will be back. And at some point, Lizard, maybe some point. someday Lazard will be back. Who knows? And maybe, just maybe, Equinemius St. Brown might play a down. Let's of- not get carried away here. <laughs> he is resting. He's very tired. He's the new. He's the offensive Sam Shields. He's it's actually just- he's he's had mono for the last three years. What do you and- make out with Sam Darnold? Yeah, he just keeps going back to him. We keep telling him <laughs> to stop. He loves the big city and the bright lights. It's like, oh, Sam. <laughs> All right. Oh, Who's your performance of the week? Uh, my performance of the week um, it goes to Dak Prescott. It's in a loss, but That's God, fair. the dude is trying, man. He's on pace to just oh. shatter the yardage record I, this um, season. Um, I will tell you. So he went 41 of 58 this week, which is, by the way, Ow, my arm hurt. My shoulder and arm hurts from this mm-hmm. thinking about, about that. Uh, 502 yards, set a record for three consecutive games of 450 plus, never been done. Um, 8.7 yards per throw. Or, yeah, and uh, he is four touchdowns. And then the one pick that happened like garbage, like he had to like throw it. You know, it was a, it was mm-hmm. a great play. It was a tight window, but still. Um, I also want to say, his that that you see his throw that he thread the needle to. Uh, I did Cooper not actually. No. Nope. So he threw it, and it was Sendejo who was the safety. Shocker. Anyone other than Andrew Sendejo, that ball either gets picked or broken up because Sendejo just human missiles himself and missed the ball <laughs> and the receiver completely. But like it was still a great throw, but it should never have been complete. But mm-hmm. he's currently on pace for for being. 
548 completions on 804 attempts, uh, 68.2 completion percentage, 36 touchdowns, 12 picks, and he's at, is on pace for 6,760 yards. He is going to be the Calvin Johnson equivalent. Like he's going to retire at the age of like 32 and be like, I'm just fucking tired, man. <laughs> like, it's like, insane. Why does this guy not have a con- like? Uh, I don't like the Cowboys. Like I, I like watching them lose. And I, like one of my favorite things is like the NFL memes. Like you still damn boys. Like just checking, and it's like all the mm-hmm. quarterbacks that beat them. Like it's and now they have masks this year. Yep, um, I saw that. But, like, it's just, like, dude, like, Jerry, stop paying other people. He's going to pay CeeDee Lamb before he pays Dak Prescott. And, like, he doesn't need to do that for four or five years. So it's, like, I, like don't let him go. I, I feel I feel bad <laughs> But, like, also him let him go because I want to see Dak do well. Like, I don't – I don't I like Dak. Like, he's fun to watch. Mm-hmm. He's great to have on my fantasy team. Um, Yeah, sorry, Dak, but – you won this week's performance of the week. Yeah, Good that's time. silver lining. <laughs> um, all right, Nathan Peterman Award. I'm going to stick with the Cowboys. It's their entire defense. Uh, we didn't. We haven't really talked a whole lot other than saying they're garbage. Um, just to be more specific, they're 30th in yards per game allowed. Uh, they're giving up 430 and a half yards per game. They are last in points per game allowed. They're giving up three hundred or 36.5 points a game. They're averaging over 30, but they're giving up more. Um, mm-hmm. And they only have two takeaways. Do you know who Mike Nolan is, Kevin? No. He's their defensive coordinator. Um has he ever has he ever done this before? He's he's been in in the NFL as a defensive coach since 1989. What? <laughs> like he he was a st- as a brief stint before the Harbaugh era, I think, for the Niners. No, before the Singletary, before the the Singletary era, before the Harbaugh for San Francisco 49ers. He was their coach for three years, but he's been the defensive coordinator of like pretty good teams, and it just yeah. I, is he is he there? I don't know what's going on. He he. I think he may be. Has anyone checked recently? I don't know. Sure it's he's like not just Bernie's deal with him. Sit, I think. Yeah, like just sitting in his office with sunglasses on, and they just throw like a binder at him and they're like, "Here's the this, this is the defensive game plan. Do you, yeah. do you like it?" And he just nothing. Not good. But yeah, that's that's Nathan Peterman Award winner. Like again, they just like Dak's gonna score all the million points in the world. And they're still gonna lose. They're gonna go like seven and nine, and they're gonna probably lose their division because Seattle Eagles are gonna go like seven, eight, and one with their tie and win the division. It's gonna be sad. It's gonna happen. Yeah, that whole division is just an absolute travesty of football. It's terrible. All right, All right. Who's your Nathan Peterman. My Peter. Nathan Peterman Award winner. It's a man whose name I've said lovingly quite a few times. It's a Nick Mullins. Oh, no. God, what a what a specimen we got here. He he had a touchdown. Uh, he had two picks, though. Just kind of played like crap. And he's the main reason, I mean, besides, obviously, just mountains of injuries. But I guess both teams kind of had that, that the Niners lost to the Philadelphia Eagles, which yeah. is a big shot to the ego no matter how many guys you got injured. I'm happy about it because that's, you know, I'm not worried about the Eagles or anyone from the NFC East taking up a wild card spot. No. The Niners, I am. Yeah. Or 
you know, because they have the that that division is like they're all a threat for a wild card spot. So yeah, but uh, and I mean, it, it almost could have been a stock up for Jimmy G because people, you know, were talking about oh Jimmy G not looking too great. Maybe the <laughs> like offense would be better with Nick Mullins. Answer. <laughs> um, and Nick Mullins said, "No, it would not." <laughs> <laughs> we know that now. But he's beaten all of Brett Favre. got in. And, yeah, so Nick, Nick, thanks for coming out. I think Jimmy G's trending towards being back this week, and uh, thank you for your service. It's no Sh- longer required. Shout out to C.J. Beathard for going on his first drive. I think he was like 9 of 10 for like 86 yards and, a, and uh, setting up for a touchdown or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like, shout out to him. Um was he the quarterback he, he during go. the Brandon Ayuk touchdown? Yeah. that no, was electric. That was Nick Mullins. Oh, okay. Um, C.J. Beathard is the guy that came in afterwards. He went 14 of 19 for 138 yards. So it's like Not doing what shabby. he could. Yeah. But, yeah, that's rough to lose the Eagles at home. They're 0-2 at home now, the Niners. Super Bowl hangover is real. Granted, they've had probably the most injuries of any team. Still not great. Um. All right, let's go stock up, stock down. Uh, my stock up this week is the Indianapolis Colts having the best defense in football. Um, yeah, they're legit, folks. Uh, they're only giving up 14 points a game, uh, only averaging allowed 236.3 yards against them per game, which is like almost 60 yards better than the next team. Uh, they're playing they're really quite well. Good. DeForest Buckner is very good at football. Hot takes only. Yeah. And also, like, I'm ha- I'm I'm totally fine that we let go of we let Xavier Rhodes leave because he was hot garbage here. But he's had a good year. He's he's played well in he Indianapolis. He was the like AFC player of the minute or something at some yeah. point. Yeah, he he's played well. He's like their leader of like their secondary and um He's played well. Darius Leonard is obviously very good, and they get a lot of pressure on def- on the on that line. So like their their defense is is legit. And in a in a year of pretty mediocre defenses so far, I mean, there's you oh know, my god, like there's I only looked, five. I, I just I just looked sorry I just looked up DeForest Buckner, and the first suggestion is height and weight. Uh, give give me a height guess. Six seven. Yes. Give me a weight guess. 265? 287. Good lord. I guess he is interior. He's a big boy. Holy shit. I guess he is interior, yeah. Yeah. He's fast. My god. Yeah. There's only, um, there are only five teams right now in the NFL that are averaging less than 24 points allowed per game. Everyone else is like, oh, never mind. That's a lie. That's a lie. I'm sorry. God, look at you. (laughs) Disregard that. I was under the yards. That means the deal that had like least amount of yards, they gave up a lot of points too. Never mind. But still. But still, yeah, it, it's it's crazy like how how good their defense has been. Mm-hmm. But who's your uh, stock up? My stock up is Mr. J.J. Watt. So far, and injured this year, which it should be a stock up in and of itself. But also, it came out post. I love uh, to get off on a tangent. Bill O'Brien is now being uh, abbreviated to B-O-B, like all caps, <laughs> Bob. It's it's pretty great. So uh, it came out that J.J. and Bob got uh, got into a little bit of a uh, heated discussion 
I think it was after practice before the Vikings game. And it was, it was that week before the game. And, you know, JJ called out his coaching ability and basically kind of started a soft coup in the locker room, which contributed greatly according to, you know, people that have been cited that, uh, you know, that was a big reason why they let him go. So JJ, why, you know, trade away DeAndre Hopkins, fall apart in the playoffs 12 years in a row. You know, fine, but when you mess with JJ, that's when the Texans ownership says no. Yeah, yeah, that that's that's really what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, stock down. Who's your stock down? My stock down is the Titans. Okay, and it's I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. It's 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 yeah. that kind of stock down. I'm I'm mad. I'm I'm I'm, I'm, I'm actually quite upset. Yeah. Um, so it came out, you know, they had, they had dudes testing positive last week, game got rescheduled and schedule got shuffled a little bit, but it's, you know, relatively elegant solution, all things considered. Mm-hmm. And they still have guys testing positive today, Wednesday, they had two more guys test positive. It came out that last week they had an unofficial workout at some college or high school or something in the area. And all the guys went there, even though they were explicitly told not to gather together. So a bunch more of them are sick now. And it's getting to the point where, you know, their game this week is in jeopardy. And, you know, who cares? You know, they got themselves into this mess, but now they're inconveniencing other teams that are supposed to come play them. And, you know, first it was the Steelers, and I know they weren't psyched about getting their bye moved up a bunch of weeks when they don't really have you know, a lot of injury needs that will get satisfied with that. And now it's, you know, the bills, you know, going on a roll and they don't want to not play for a week. And it's, it's just compounded levels of stupidity. And at this point, I'm kind of just like, all right, well, until they get their shit under control, like they just forfeit these games because they don't have enough players to play in them safely so they don't get to play and that means they forfeit like i'm i'm just sick of hearing about the titans shooting themselves in both feet over and over again yeah no it's it's extremely frustrating like i if they get football taken away i'd be so mad because everyone else like you know they got cam uh, stefan gilmore yeah that's a positive day but it's all like you know, one guy here, one guy there, and it seems like they're pretty good at jumping on it and getting those guys out of there and keep everybody else safe. The Titans are the only organization so far that's had, like, a breakout. It is insane to me that zero Vikings players and personnel got it from them. Mm-hmm. Like, that's crazy. Like, there are pictures, like, afterwards, like, there are literally a picture, I think it was, uh, Jefferson was taking a picture with, like, Fulton, Who's a uh, Christian Fulton? Who is um? Did they do a jersey swap? No. Well, they did like they took like pictures. They're all like it was like LSU teammates. Oh no, it, it was uh with Irv Smith because he's they're all Alabama uh, guys, yeah. Alabama natives, and like they played against each other in high school and all that. Like they're all taking like a picture after the game together, and like Fulton was in the middle of it, and Fulton got tested positive, yeah, but like yeah. zero tests. Like they took they did all the stuff. Like it's also amazing that we won against the Texans after only practicing for like two days. With one of those being a walkthrough, but like, yeah, Titans be better. Yeah, like that's t- t- Titans. Titans are pissing me off right now. Yeah. Uh, um, how about yours? My stock down. I, I had it written here as the Jets ownership for still not firing Adam Gase, but I feel like, I feel like I that's wanna, stock neutral. You know, but I want to like, extend that. I want to extend that 
this is more of like a, you know, kind of going back a little ways uh, to the Lions ownership for Ooh. for firing Caldwell and keeping Patricia as long as they have. So they fired Jim Caldwell twice at end of twenty after end of twenty seventeen. Jim Caldwell had one losing season in his four years as Detroit's head coach. He went thirty six and twenty eight, including two playoff berths, which the Lions. I think 2014 was their first one since, like, way back. I think they lost both of those right away. They they don't have a win in, like, a million years. They lost a lot of card. But I think when they lost in 2016, I think – I don't know. I mean, they lost the Cowboys and then the Seahawks. So it's like, okay, not like crap teams. I don't think in those years look back. But they still went 11-5, 7-9, 9-7, 9-7. Then they fired them. Uh, since then, in three year, in two full years, Patricia went six and ten, last place in the North, three twelve and one, oh. last place in the North, and then now he's one and three so far. He's ten twenty five and one. Um, is so in in thirty six games. So obviously Caldwell had had some more. He had, you know, a an extra season or almost two full seasons in there. But like, I have it very hard to believe. That Patricia's gonna go uh, twenty six or win twenty six games here in the next in a, in a row. Yeah, basically <laughs> in the next like twenty six. So yeah, it, it's weird too because you know their hangups are defense. He's a defensive guy. It just none of it makes sense unless no. you just boil down to the fundamental truth that he is not good at this. They literally are only doing it because it's like he came from Belichick, which history tells you Belichick's disciples are not good head coaches on their own. They're great coordinators. They're not good head coaches on their own. It's like he doesn't like give them the secret formula, mm-hmm. like which I I fairly believe. If you want to have a good coach, you go from like the Parcells or the Shanahan or the Reed family like the tree you don't go like belichick maybe, maybe like, you talk to sean mcveigh in passing once you know like people like that like that yeah actually know what's going on well like i think i think pretty sure mcveigh came from the shanahan mcveigh came from shanahan yeah yeah um but he actually i think he had a year a couple years like with like, under gruden i think that's where he first he actually i think that's the, where he the came gruden from. shanahan Tree is a little incestuous, if I'm yeah. remembering it correctly. There's I'm some overlap sure there. They started as a receivers coach for Gruden back in when he won in Tampa back in like the beginning of 2000. Because I want to say there was a point where like Gruden, so I, there were like three or four of these guys now that were all like assistants on the Packers at one point, a, like a long time ago, you know? Yeah. Um. So, yeah. All right. Let's go to week five preview. Uh, we currently, yeah, obviously we talked about the Packers having a bye, so we won't be covering that next week. Um, unless yeah. something crazy happens. You get to take a break. Yeah. Um, all right. We have the Vikings traveling to Seattle because always we play at Seattle. Well, the um, last time you guys played Seattle, you know, in a college stadium in well, Minnesota. That's the, last, that's the last time we played them in Minnesota, by the way. That game. Other than that, we played them every year since then, and it's always been at Seattle. Didn't you play them twice that year? No. No, I'm trying to think. Okay, no, I guess not. Um, but 
I haven't looked up the numbers. Uh, obviously, so this game, uh, Seattle is a seven-point favorite. That's completely fair. Over-under is 57. Um, I still say smash the over. Um, I, yeah, would, I agree. Say, but I will say Mike Zimmer does have a very good track record against Russell Wilson. Like he doesn't – Russell Wilson doesn't usually play well. It's weird. I don't know why. They The games are always really ugly and close. But like they, Seattle ends up always winning. But like our offense just like is terrible, and their offense is terrible. Like it becomes like remember that like two years ago, I think Kirk's first year is Monday night. He it was the game was like nine to six or like twelve to nine or something. It was gross. Like we just yeah, can't. but but the Seahawks this year look no, a little different to the Seahawks of yesteryear. Usually, usually the, in the times that we've played, our defenses have been really good from both of us. So it makes sense when it's like a, that kind yeah, of a this game. This is like a weird bizarro world version of this matchup where yeah. neither defense looks very good at all. And oh, it's like, no. mm. um, you know, this is obviously this is a big one. Again, I'm not. You know, I always when I look at the schedule, I always have this. If I see Seattle, especially at Seattle, I'm chalking that up as a loss. So, yeah. I, you know, if we end up being one and four. I don't think I'm panicking more. Panic button. Oh. No. So it's like, I, I'm like, I'm expecting a loss. You got if, nothing to lose. They can't yeah, take anything more from you. If, if we can roll into you playing you guys at three and three, like that's a fucking huge win. Like, <laughs> like I, we have a bye week going into bye week at, at three and three. I'd be very happy about that. Um, Whenever you do come and play us, they announced yesterday, no fans whatsoever in Lambo indefinitely which is, because which is great. Guess where there's a COVID hotspot? Wisconsin. Yeah, which I'm, Wisconsin. I'm very I'm very happy with that. Because uh, I'm happy that there's COVID. No, I'm happy that you guys actually have to <laughs> do what we had to as well. Like no fans. Like that's that's my biggest. I was saying for a preview, my biggest issue would be division games. Like if one division game gets played with no fans. Then the next time you play that team at their place should be with no fans, even if it's like state allowed. I just think it it does make a difference, you know, but I'm, I'm okay. I'm happy with it. You know, um, another game I wanted to look at, there weren't many great ones. Uh, A couple, two more I highlighted was the Raiders at chiefs. Um, I'm interested to see how the Raiders play against the chiefs this year. Uh, Raiders look pretty stingy. Like they're, you know, they're tough. Ra- Ra- Raiders have had a pretty nice season so far. They got a little embarrassed by the Pats in week three. Yeah. Kind of, you know, they're not quite there. I don't think the Chiefs are going to stumble here, but no. I also don't I think they would against the Chargers. Game, so, you know, division game, I expect yeah. it to be, you know, a closest game. There's no line yet right now um, for this one. So we'll see. Uh, other one, just from a pure entertainment standpoint. I actually have the Colts at Browns just because I'm, I'm curious to see what the bet, the league's, you know, best surprise, best defense and the league's like most surprising offense, I think playing each other. Um, the Browns have looked good. Like that's weird to say, but there's their offense looks good at least like, mm-hmm. you know, Stefanski seems to be knowing what he's doing with Baker, which is, mm-hmm. which is a positive. I mean, the line right now is Indy's only favored one and a half. Which is fair because Indy's offense is kind of safe. Oh, Philip Rivers, conservative, thinks. Yeah, throw that out there. 
Yeah, he's it, not a good quarterback. Yeah, it is. They're very often like dependent on their defense getting turnovers and yeah. putting in a good field position. So if the Browns can can control the ball and not turn the ball over, I think this game is going to be very interesting. The over under is only set for forty six. So I think that's by far the lowest over under of the week. Um, yeah, no, nope, forty five and a half, oh, 44, I see is the Eagle Steelers, but uh, that's that also sense. fair because <laughs> kind of poopy as well. Um, yeah. uh, wait, can we can we before we go to are, are you going to go to two minute row? I was going to. I don't know if you had another game you want to point out. So here. I I don't really have another game I wanted to point out. It just I was looking at it, it reminded me. Uh, we got to talk about the Bears. Yo yeah. Um, we didn't do that yet. No. So uh, I I, I kind of warned you. Where are you at? That my uh, my take on the Bears was gonna be was gonna be too hot to handle. Uh, they need to put Mitch back in. Really? Yes. Nick Foles does not care about this job. He does not care about. I mean, like obviously he cares a little bit, but you can just see there's a certain frantic energy, and I grant it's not ideal, but you get. You know, Mitch, when he's out there, is playing for his career. You know, he he desperately cares about yeah. how well he performs. You put Nick out there, and he's fucking around, and he just, oh, I don't know, I guess whatever. You're paying me millions of dollars. A, I'm he, Nick he Foles. And he, he's already been a Super Bowl MVP, and he knows with 100% certainty he's not going to do it again this year. So what's the fucking point? To go out there, you know, cash a check. Mitch has more passion and neither one of them are that good. So I take the, the shitty guy with passion over the shitty yeah. guy who doesn't care. If you can, if they continue to ride Nick Foles and him being the starter, then they're essentially, they've given up on Mitch and they don't, you know, they have no, mm-hmm. you know, idea or like a desire to ever bring him back. I know they declined his option um, or they didn't, you know, obviously sign him again. So, I just I don't know like it, but I will say I mean if you're trying to make something happen here I from a stat think. standpoint though like it's not like Mitch is playing much better I guess the only way it is is like heart because Mitch yeah. wasn't playing great no Mitch wasn't playing great I, I I view these two as almost identical from a st- statistical perspective you know I mean you look at Nick Foles 26 of 42 249 one and one. That's that you know you you substitute Mitch's name in there and I don't bat an eye. That is a Mitch stat line if I've ever seen one. And in fact, you know, I mean, I guess Foles played better last week against the Foles Falcons. Right now, but this year he's forty-two of seventy-one, under sixty percent, not good. No, nope. four hundred thirty-seven yards, four touchdowns, two interceptions for a five point six, uh, or for a um, average yards per attempt is six. Mitch, meanwhile, is uh, 51 to 86 for 560, six touchdowns, three picks for an average of six and a half yards per throw. Like so it's they're like the same. I know it literally is. <laughs> I just think like I, I don't know. It's I. I Mitch is a wild card upside, but Mitch has Mitch has a lower floor and a higher ceiling, but either his way, median is Nick Foles's only setting. You know, either, like either way, unless it's the playoffs, then Nick Foles is a god. Like, yeah, but the Bears aren't going to get – maybe they'll get a wild yeah. card, but – But what I'm saying is, like, he – there's something about 
what I, I agree that I think Mitch should probably be in because his upside is significantly more. But it, I also think we should publicly shame and thank the Bears for choosing to trade for Nick Foles when they could have signed Cam Newton for like five dollars. That's nice. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess I guess is in a way you know you're missing the forest for the trees. We really need to have some perspective. Um, yeah, that's awesome. Newton would be light night and day better than these guys. Oh my god, I would be scared of that team. Uh, yeah, Newton, David Montgomery's a serviceable back, Alan and Ellen Robinson is awesome, and <laughs> Jimmy Graham has all ten fingers again this year. So yeah, I mean, that's that that's a scary team. I'm glad they didn't do that. Yeah, obviously, so, yeah, yeah losing Tariq Cohen too. Yeah. Of course, it's fitting. It's not there isn't a, a running back extension signing without. You know, one of them at least getting hurt because there were several this year. So, mm-hmm. yeah. You know. So, I mean, that's that's just my take. I think they need to bring Mitch back. I think they prematurely benched him. I think it surprised everybody. And I don't know. Maybe there's some behind the scenes stuff I'm not aware of. But Nick just does not look like he gives a shit. <laughs> You're not wrong. Um. All right. Let's go two minute drill. So I have four. You have four. Um. Why don't I'll go first this time? All right. And go. All right. With how well rookie receivers have been through one-fourth of the season, how upset or annoyed are you that the Packers didn't take a single one? Uh, not upset at all. We have Robert Tanyan. <laughs> Jeez. All right. Uh, all four of mine are going to be ranking uh, Gase, Patricia, and Dan Quinn. So just so you know that. Um, who is the best? I didn't say best coach, just best. Who are, who are the four again? You said uh, Gase, Patricia, and Quinn, the three uh, guys that should be fired this season. Quinn's Quinn's the best of them. Quinn, okay. Uh, all right. Has Bill O'Brien stunted Deshaun Watson's growth as a quarterback? Yes. Or, all right. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying he can't recover, no, I, I but he, agree yeah, yes. Um, who's the most handsome? Uh. <sighs> You said that, uh, uh, ooh, ah, Gates, yikes. Patricia Quinn, yeah. The most handsome. I mean, they're all really weird looking. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, I guess maybe, maybe Quinn, if you go for like a Mr. Clean look. Okay. Like, okay. There you go. That's your answer. Gates eyes are buggy. Have you, you need to look at, uh, Adam Gase's Wikipedia picture. It is. Is it, is it the bug eye conference? Yes. It is. Yeah. Oh, it's so bad. All right. Um, <laughs> when will Gase be fired? Adam Gase will be fired. You said, you said Sunday. You, Let me, you know, the, that was this. Uh, I'm like the cult in Parks and Rec where I keep predicting the end of the world, and then when it doesn't happen, I'm like, oh, I actually, it was next week. Week four, a coach did get fired after week four. So, so points. So Cardinals, Chargers, Bills, Chiefs, Patriots. Those should all be losses. He won't get fired for that. The next game is on November fifteenth, where they play the Dolphins. He will get fired after that game. And they play the Dolphins again? Oh, they have a bye in the middle. Jeez. Yeah. That's weird. weird. That's super weird. That's so, like, yeah, he'll get, he'll get fired stuff. like early November. Yeah. All right. Um, right. Let's see. Who has the warmest smile? Uh, Patricia doesn't smile. Gaze is creepy. I feel like Sounds Quinn like you're a Quinn either. guy. I, I mean, 
I don't know. I, it's up to you. Like none of them smile. I guess maybe Quinn because he's been to a Super Bowl. I guess no. Patricia's won one, and I've actually seen him like partying. He actually looks like he was having a good time. He was wearing the he's, Roger Goodell like clown shirt, yeah. Barstool. So I'll say Quinn. All right, I, I Quinn. Um, Patricia. Uh, what's his name? Patricia. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, do you want to take back what you said about Brady being washed up because we never talked about that? Uh, okay. I want to. I want to address this. Tom Brady threw five touchdowns. Um, he is. He is semi washed up. He is <laughs> he is washed lateral right now. The Chargers we, have Chargers don't have a bad defense at all. No, but I mean he had to mount I mean, a furious comeback against Justin Herbert. So I look at that as you know he had a great five touchdown, but he also had a really shitty other part of that game where I mean, he needed the five not, touchdowns. He's not out there for defense, allowing Justin Herbert to score points. I you know I mean maybe he should get in a better shape. He could play defense too. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right, my last question: uh, Who's getting fired next between those three guys? I feel like I it should be it should be. Um, well, they they should all get fired at they the should same all be time fired. Which is right now. I my bias. I want. I wish it was Patricia because I think he's the most deserving. But I think it's actually going to be Quinn. Yeah, that's fair. Because he's. He was on the hot seat last year. Like he's he's always been on the hot seat. He just he, changes he, up he was his on the knife's edge. He he just changes up like the uh, it's it's the the coach's last ditch effort. Like oh, I'm gonna either switch to play calling duties or give them up. It's like the last mm-hmm. thing. And he just keeps doing it. And um, what's their, the guy's name? Um, Arthur Blank. Arthur Blank is just yeah. like. All right, all right, Dan. I'll give you another year. <laughs> you rascal! You. This year will be different. Goes back up to his box. If you don't do it this wear, year, I'm gonna fire those you. Plastic wristbands. <laughs> oh, I like that about you. Like, no, Arthur. Like, <laughs> get your head out of Chick Fil A. You're, you're allowed like, to fire him. Like, <laughs> it's just quit worrying about how cheap your meals are and concessions are. Like, no, fire him. Uh, I was going to fire you, but I really like the Sphincter Stadium, so I you're guess we'll... You're, you're the Falcons' best quarterback ever, their best receiver ever, and probably their second best receiver. Like, you're wasting all of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> all right, and two minutes. <laughs> it's perfect. <laughs> so, so two minutes. All right. Well, I don't have anything else about week, about week four. I'm just happy we have a win. It sucks that it happened. Um, Wait till I'm kind of happy for you. It sounds weird. Oh, thanks. You're to say, But uh, yeah, I, I am. I am very generous. Ass. <laughs> God. All right. Um, we're recording this again on ten seven. It is Wednesday. Probably going to be out ten eight. Uh, time for week five. This has been the third forever football podcast, recapping week four and previewing week five. Uh, I've been your host, as always, Adam Oz, joined by Kevin Holm. We'll see you guys next week. Kevin, final words. Robert Tanyan is for real. <laughs>